What's up, watch fam, and welcome to another episode of Rico's Watches Podcast. I'm here today with uh, Mr. Thomas Carlo on Instagram, in real life, known as uh, Thomas Kalara, and also he is a worn and wound contributor. How's it going today? Thomas, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Eric, uh, much appreciated, man. It's uh, my pleasure. Thomas, TC, what do you prefer to go by? Oh, man. Um... Uh, anything really uh you know uh my my friends call me tc so let's go Perfect. with tc let's yeah. rock and roll with tc today man there you go really quickly before we kind of get into uh some of the cool stuff you have going on and some of your involvement that you've had with the watch world what do you have on the wrist today oh uh today i got the uh vero uh open water Ooh. uh dive watch um it's a it's a pretty sick piece man can you tell us a little bit about it? I know we had uh, I had Chris on the show a while ago, kind of hinting at it, but he wasn't really able to quite <laughs> to quite uh, tell me all the details about it. Uh, it looks like an, an awesome an awesome piece. It looks very toolish. Can you kind of expand on that? Yeah, right on, man. Uh, so it's uh, a forty millimeter dive watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of uh, for me, it actually just sticks out just because um, it's a very uh, it's, it's it's got like a matte finishing to mm-hmm. it. Um, so I don't know if we can just see that there, but it's yeah, uh, great. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's a, uh, a matte finished, uh, dive watch. I, uh, believe the, uh, the, uh, the bracelet is, uh, sandblasted, uh, the bezel itself. Uh, that's the one, that's the thing that, uh, kind of had me uh, gravitating towards the watch. Uh, it's got a DLC coating, uh, uh, bezel, um, Overall, it's just a it's a it's just a minimal dive watch. Uh, I just been banging it around, and uh, usually I just have this on uh, on the weekends uh, when I'm you know either uh, going out for a surf session or uh, hiking. Um, you know this this watch is typically what's on wrist uh, for the weekend. Nice, it's a it's a solid piece, and you've had uh, some other divers in the collection too. How does that uh, hold up against uh, some of your other divers? Um, you know what, I just. I, I just like how that how I'm just able to like kind of bang this guy around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of like polished, no polished actual, yeah, no, no polished areas on this, uh, on this watch itself. So, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, if I'm wearing, uh, like the Doxa with the polished bezel, mm-hmm. um, you know, even though it, it does look good, uh, when it's kind of scratched up, um, uh, uh, this watch, I just really don't have to worry about at mm-hmm. all. So, you know, and actually kind of think it just looks good once you start like banging around even more. So <laughs> awesome, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Thank uh, you. you know, kind of just before we dive into the meat and potatoes of everything, can we kind of go back to the very beginning for you? Where did this yeah. all start? Where did you get involved with watches? How did it begin as a hobby and a passion for you? Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, as a kid, I, uh, I always had I always needed to have something on, on, uh, on my wrist. Um, uh, even before watches, even if it was like something as simple as like a rubber band or something, <laughs> I've I just always had something on my wrist, but, uh, you know, kind of, um, as a kid, uh, you know, I just always had, uh, something similar to like a, uh, a, a G-Shock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe if I remember correctly, it'd be, it was one of those like baby G-Shocks and, uh, you know, my favorite thing with those was to, kind of just light up the, uh, the, uh, the display, mm-hmm. uh, that was like, kind of like my favorite thing. Um, but yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, it was just something that kind of, I just was always into, um, even growing up as well. Uh, 
you know, I've, I've always like uh, gravitated towards like kind of weird looking watches. Uh, you know, I, I do remember that there was this one time, uh, I, I, I went to my mom and, uh, I had a Macy's catalog and I was like pointing out this, uh, this Cartier-esque, uh, Bulova. And I was just asking her if I could, uh, you know, if she could like buy me that watch. And she was like, you know, you're, you, you don't, you, you don't, you know, you don't need like a $500 watch. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think, you know, going from, you know, like my, re my, I really started getting into the hobby about, it was maybe like three, three or four years ago. Uh, and it, it started with a couple pair of, um, with a pair of, uh, Omega Seamasters. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I have a, um, I, it was a trip that I had, uh, gone, uh, that I had made out to Paris with my family and, and, uh, it was, uh, you know, I had passed by this vintage store and, uh, I saw a, uh, a gold Omega Seamaster and, um, you know, it was just a memorable, memorable trip, uh, with my family. And I just wanted to, uh, uh, commemorate that trip with, with just buying a vintage watch. And, uh, you know, it was something that just had stuck out to me and, um, yeah. And then the other Omega Seamaster, uh, was a watch I purchased for my 31st birthday. And, uh, you know, it was also marked the, the, my trip, my, my moving to, uh, to San Diego from New Jersey. So I wore that watch on my, uh, eight day road trip, uh, from, from New Jersey to, uh, San Diego. And yeah, that's how it pretty much all started. That's awesome. And then you've sort of, uh, really started to establish yourself in like an online presence sense, uh, with your Instagram page and then moving into uh, actually moving into sort of some, some facets of the watch industry. Can you kind of talk a little bit about how, I guess it became, um, a hobby and a passion for you to you moving into uh, like your photography, which is right. stunning, by the way, I believe that's how Thank we you. actually got in contact was me reaching out to you about your, your photography and how like, just like stellar it was. Right. And then um, moving that into sort of developing your Instagram uh, profile and then talk about some of the uh, awesome opportunities that have kind of come up from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, I, uh, I, when, when I moved to San Diego, part of, um, part of what I wanted to do out here was to embrace the culture. Uh, and that was, uh, one of the things that I did was, uh, I started to learn how to surf, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, uh, I, I'm still, and <laughs> I'm still like, you know, decent at best, I guess, you know, um, or I, I would say average, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, um, and again, photography was just something I've always, uh, kind of been into. And, you know, I, I, I just saw an opportunity to combine the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of people out there just doing, doing their own adventures with their watches, uh, you know, uh, more specifically like diving or climbing or hiking. And I didn't really see, uh, kind of people doing, uh, combining the two. Mm -hmm. uh, watches and surfing. And that's how it kind of all started. Um, you know, and I kind of like started tailoring, uh, uh, kind of like what I posted and, um, it was, it was just at this time, my whole, my interest in the, in watches in general, it just like ascended. And then like, just my, my, uh, my craving to kind of like understand like where these pieces came from and, uh, like 
what you know how these how these diff different brands and models differentiated and like why why were certain pieces significant and and yeah and so i was just i just started to make the page and uh you know i just started to meet a lot of cool people um and yeah so yeah that's how pretty much how that the page uh, kind of just kind of like took a took a life of its own what is, uh, I guess, some of your inspiration for your photography? I know you talked about like watches and surfing, but more specifically, and I guess the uh, style of photography that you have. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and it's funny that you asked me this question because I actually kind of wrote this down the other day just because I, uh, you know, um, it, it, like seeing other people's feeds and pages, you kind of get, um, you, you kind of like, you, you kind of like get inspired. At, at like what people are doing but yet you kind of just want to kind of do what you're what you're doing as well or kind of like how do you stay unique and how do you stay um kind of uh different from everybody else mm -hmm. um and i actually had i wrote this down and i guess you know part part of my photography at least most of it is trying to kind of have the viewer feel like they're actually there um so whether that's through uh something that i'm doing uh you know, out, out at the beach or at the surf break, or if it's, uh, with hiking or if it's actual just shooting watches here at home. Um, I just like kind of, I like to incorporate different depths of, um, of, of kind of like whatever I'm shooting and, you know, just kind of like put the viewer in, in, in kind of like my shoes and kind of like have them feel like they're there. Okay. And, so I guess as things developed with your Instagram page, um, that also sort of led into uh, certain, I guess, opportunities and connections that you've made with some people in the industry, uh, one specifically being worn and wound. Can you kind of right. talk a little bit about how that developed and sort of what's going on with that relationship and sort of what your role is there now with worn and wound? Yeah, for sure. Um, so in addition to my photography, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to take a stab at writing. Um, you know, I think just in general, going back uh, to just uh, just photography and writing, um, you know, I, I've always just had a, uh, I always gravitated toward to, towards to just creating. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like if you dedicate some time to, to creating whatever it is, uh, you're, I feel like you're in a more positive space. I mean, you're doing it right now with this podcast. Um, you know, my attempt at, uh, you know, being create, uh, creative was through photography and, mm -hmm. and, um, through writing and, you know, and it just so happened that I just started doing, uh, doing, uh, both, uh, about watches. Um, but yeah, so I just started my own kind of site again, just going back to watches and surfing to kind of intersect the two where I can kind of talk about watches. I can kind of talk about surfing, um, and it was through this website uh, where I kind of just posted articles of um, of watches that I have owned or that I have uh, that I was just lucky enough to have um, people just loan me so I can write about them. Um, and yeah, and uh, it just kind of it kind of just uh, kind of like snowballed from there. And um, I, uh, you know, and just ended up kind of like reaching out to certain people and it was, uh, Blake, uh, Butner over at Warren and wound. I, you know, he, uh, he, um, I actually, there was a write-up that I, uh, I had pitched to him 
actually, sorry. <laughs> it, it was actually, uh, it was actually uh, for one of his columns, the uh, watches, stories, and gear, mm-hmm. uh, a, a weekend column. And I just had pitched him a, a little tidbit of, uh, or a little uh, story as far as like, um, you know, what I thought would like, would be cool. And that interested me on that would go on that column. And sure enough, it went on the column and uh, yeah, just from, from there on out, we've just been talking and uh, you know, and I expressed some interest in like working at some sort of capacity uh, and contributing for worn and wound. And, and here we are today. Awesome. And so are you still uh, like, have you, already begun contributing regularly to worn and wound or is there something is there like a a time that we can look forward to seeing some of your articles coming up or yeah for sure for sure yeah so i had started writing for worn and wound um it all started with uh their new series uh the three for 5k Mm -hmm. uh essentially um you know the your your three watches that you go to under five thousand dollars and uh i think you can just kind of pinpoint that as my first um I guess right up for the site. And then, um, my, uh, you know, I got thrown, um, a couple assignments, um, one being an introducing post for, uh, the new, um, main, uh, GMT that's coming Mm -hmm. out. So, yeah. Um, you know, and then I just got a, you know, a couple of, um, uh, assignments, uh, um, you know, just coming in and, uh, yeah. So right now it, it is in it, in a, uh, um, limited capacity, but, you know, still being able to say that, you know, I'm contributing to a site that I, I read every day. It's, it's pretty wild, man. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously these wonderful connections have happened just through sort of, uh, reaching out and chatting with people within the watch community, obviously like one thing that I found that has been very, uh, surprising and pleasantly surprising within the watch community is just how accessible the industry people are to talk to right? They make themselves pretty available. They're very friendly to chat with, and, and they seem like they're pretty keen to work with the community for a lot of things, um, which I think is, is something that's really special about the community, uh, the, specifically within this hobby, right? Compared to even a lot of other um, hobbies that are, that, are, that are out there. What do you think are some things that are unique, special, or that you genuinely enjoy about the watch community? Uh, man, uh, it's just how like, positive i guess and how supportive everybody is um you know uh it's and just being able to just kind of meet meet people all over the world i mean through the platform mm-hmm. uh i've heard some of your guests uh say this um several times but just the ability to kind of just shoot someone a direct message and be like hey i'm going to be in town and that could that could be in amsterdam that could be in Canada that could be, you know, in Mexico. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing how through this platform and through this community, uh, you know, you, uh, I met you through, Mm -hmm. (laughs) through this platform and yeah, it's just, it's just wild. The amount of people that I've been able to connect with and just how positive everybody has been and, um, supportive, uh, you know, whether it's personal projects of mine or just, my endeavors into actually, uh, breaking into the industry, uh, you know, uh, again, like I said, in, in its limited capacity, but it's just been, you know, I've just been very grateful for just how supportive and how positive everybody's been. Definitely. And, and you'd mentioned some personal projects of yours, uh, one that you have coming up with 
quite substantial significance is uh, the project you're doing uh, involving your climb of Mount Whitney. Can you right. tell everyone kind of what that's all about and kind of give us the rundown on that? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so I, I I just, you know, with, with, with all the people that I met and just kind of seeing how uh, this little community of ours is, um, is just so tight knit. And, uh, I just felt like I wanted to kind of harness, uh, this power of community, uh, through this personal project of mine. Um, one of my goals this year was to climb Mount Whitney. Mm -hmm. Um, it is the uh, tallest uh, peak in the, uh, um, contiguous, uh, 48 uh, States. Uh, I think, I believe it's at 14,500 feet more or less. Mm. Um, so there's not a lot of technical climbing involved. It's just, it's straight, you know, just a straight hike, uh, to the top. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I wanted to kind of somehow combine the two of, uh, you know, my, my enthusiasm for watches, my enthusiasm for being outdoors. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of, uh, again, like I said, harness the, uh, the power of our community. And so, yeah, so that, that kind of like, um, sparked the uh the the start of creating this project that's called project whitney and uh you know in partnership with vero uh and i'm just a big fan of what um chris is doing over at vero and um the watches that they're coming out with and uh, i just felt it was a it just felt like it felt like the right kind of uh watch brand to reach out to to see if you know if they would use their platform and if they would kind of help spread the word uh, for, for what this project is about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's been, you know, I've been in touch with Chris and then I've been in touch with the folks over at 1% for the planet, which is the other half of, uh, who, uh, uh, um, the other, the other, um, uh, the other company that are not company, but the organization that I'm, uh, partnering up with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's this, uh, uh, organization of where all the donations that go to this project, that's where all the, um, that's where all the donations will go to. Uh, mm -hmm. so I'm just, I'm just pretty pumped about this project. Um, you know, again, it just, it, it just, it's an opportunity for, for our community and the people within my network to kind of do something good. Um, but yeah, man. And what do 1% for the planet do as an organization? Yeah, yeah. For uh, so they're a um, they're a global organization. Um, they were founded by uh, uh, Yvonne. One the one half of their founders uh, is uh, Yvonne Chenard, mm -hmm. uh, the founder, and um, uh, the uh, the the guy who's uh, heading um, over uh, heading uh, Patagonia. Um, so yeah, and so one percent um, for the planet essentially is a global organization that is uh, connected, uh, with, um, uh, nonprofit organizations all over the planet. And essentially they're partnered up with, uh, different companies and different individuals that commit 1% of, um, uh, I believe it's their annual, uh, annual, uh, profits to these nonprofit organizations that they're partnered up with. And, um, 1% for the planet, they concentrate on the different, um, six main different issues that, um, that uh that are that are uh that 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 concentrate on on uh trying to conserve and uh, to help kind of protect the planet uh, i believe that's um uh 
climate change, uh, the ocean, land, pollution, wildlife, and um, food. So yeah, uh, that's you know that that's it's a global organization that's made that has been making a big impact already. And you know, I I just wanted to kind of uh, uh, to kind of like do do kind of like do my part. And again, like I said, to kind of like harness the community and to kind of like make a positive impact through our community. Mm-hmm. And so, is there like when is this climb happening? And is there a way that the uh, community can support you if that's something they would like to do? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the climb will take place on, uh, July 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, uh, if you kind of take a look at the link in my bio, um, there's a direct link that will kind of, uh, go into more detail about what the, about what the project is about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and if, if any type of donation would just be, would be incredible. And even if, if there is no donation, just spreading the word about like the project, cause at the end of the day, um, it's about the awareness that we're kind of trying to raise and, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and I think the most important thing is, is the action behind that awareness. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, we're just, I, I'm, I, me personally, and, you know, with the help of the people who, who are supporting the project are just trying to, you know, kind of do our part. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And I think that's a, a very admirable thing to do. And it's, it's great to be able to bring together that impactful charitable work with going on a cool adventure and then also right. bringing bringing watches into it as well as yeah. well too right um yeah. and, and definitely i i anticipate uh when people hear about this more they'll be very excited to help support you or at the very least uh share and tag along with the adventure with you right um sure. and and so sort of like i guess like what really inspired you to want to do this though like under understanding like you know you had something you're interested in being in the outdoors and you're able to kind of cross passions with this, but where did this idea seed from? Where did it start from for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, you know, just moving out here to California and just, you know, just being out there, uh, in in the outdoors and more specifically surfing, um, you know, you, you, you kind of spend time outdoors and you, you kind of get to, it kind of dawned, it dawned on me at least that, you know, I just kind of wanted what, wherever I was going to be at, I wanted it to be in, in as good a shape as possible. Um, you know, whether that be surfing or hiking, um, you know, it was just, I, I, I've learned to kind of, uh, have an appreciation for, for being outdoors. And, um, it just so happened that, you know, uh, I had an opportunity to kind of, uh, kind of connect the two, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my passion for, you know, for, for watches and, and, and being a part of this community and, and just being outdoors, uh, you know, I just thought this was a a good opportunity for, for kind of those two to kind of join together and kind of, um, you know, keep, keep, keep this planet in kind of, uh, you know, in good shape, I guess. (laughs) That's very cool, man. It's it's very, very exciting. Very exciting. So, kind of moving out of, um, I guess, some of the things that you're doing in the watch community. Uh, let's talk more about yourself as a collector. What's, yeah, what's, sure. what specifically, like, what kind of watches do you collect? And like, what do you look for in the watches um, that you consider adding into your own, uh, your own collection? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, uh, I, w- I would say like when I first started, I, I, I gravitated towards uh, 
kind of the uh, 36 millimeter sized watches. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I feel like just looking at, I was looking at my collection this morning, uh, and I kind of just realized that I'm, I think I'm doing a pretty good job as far as like, uh, um, kind of collecting, a uh, uh, 36 millimeter watches. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, so essentially, um, 36 millimeters, um, you know, uh, a watch that can kind of, um, kind of just go anywhere and do anything, you mm. know, uh, you know, just, a, a tool watch through and through, uh, which kind of explains, um, why I kind of gravitated towards the Vero as well. Uh, but yeah, I can, uh, I have a, you know, several watches here that I kind of, I uh, just brought out, um, to kind of, uh, to kind of just show, uh, yeah, let's go through them. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you might be, um, you might be, uh, kind of uh, familiar with this one, but, uh, yeah, you're Seamaster. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I believe you have a Seamaster as well, uh, mm -hmm. on a uh, beads of rice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this was, um, this was, uh, the Omega Seamaster that I was referring to, uh, that I had bought on my 31st birthday. Uh, this was the watch that kind of, uh, stayed with me throughout the road trip from Jersey to San Diego. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, this one is, um, this one's, uh, this one definitely means a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, uh, yours has, a has, uh, some certain, uh, some significance as well. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so what else we got here? Uh, I also got this guy. So I just picked up this guy as well. Um, I don't know if you can see that here. So it's okay. a, yeah, it's a Zen. Uh, nice. so yeah, it's a Zen, uh, 8826. Okay. Uh, yeah. And this is just like a very, um, it's, a, it's just a funky watch, man. Uh, it's made out of titanium. Uh, it's from the early nineties. Uh, it's got a display case back. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's just, again, 36 millimeters. Uh, and it was, it's again, it's, this is a watch that, you know, I just, really won't worry about, you know? Um, and, uh, I really feel like I could just like, kind of, uh, if I wanted to bang this watch around as well. So, and you have your Pelagos is, um, uh, titanium as well, right? It is. Yeah. It's, I think it's full titanium except for the case back and then the class that it have steel just for, I think for like wear issues, but, right. um, I was going to ask, how do you find wearing a titanium watch? I know yeah. it's kind of a unique experience for people it the is. first time they do it. It is. And I really, I really try to encourage people to try it out at least once. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause it's super light. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, this, it's, it's a weird experience for sure. I mean, is. the Pelagos is quite a bit larger than that. So, I mean, it still has quite a bit of weight to it, even for us being a titanium watch, but um, like the, I couldn't imagine how heavy this thing would be if it was full steel, right. but like yeah. a smaller watch like that as, as well, like I could, you could, it almost must feel weightless other than essentially like the movement, the movement is steel or, or whatever metal they make it out of. Right. So, I mean, that, that, that's going to have some inherent weight to it, but the rest of it, it's just, it must just feel like a feather on the wrist, man. It's awesome. Yeah. That's what it what And I just, it was something I had to just get used to, you know, I didn't, it, 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 re it really didn't feel like anything was like that I was wearing anything. Does, you know, so the Zin, like, I don't know if you can even, I, I'm curious what that, the Zin tegument their titanium as well. Were they even so, tegumenting watches back then? No. And this, I, this one, no. And I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the year that they started doing that. And mm. that's actually a good question. I like, um, I don't know. Can you like tegument the, 
I'm gonna Titania. look it up. I'm gonna look it up right now while we <laughs> no, chat. For sure. Sin tegmented titanium. Because they had like the T2 and the T3 and stuff right. like that they came out with. Uh yeah, they do tegument titanium. There you go. You can get like the the easy <laughs> the easy M9 and some other models that they make out of uh titanium. Apparently they do they do tegument them. So that's yeah. and they fully tegument them as well. That's cool. When did yeah, 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 and I and I I just think that these watches it's just this era of Zen, I think it's just cool because um you know, like it, it just kind of shows that they were kind of still they were doing their own thing, you know, mm-hmm. even back then they were kind of still doing their own thing. And uh I know that um the dial itself doesn't have like the the design language that you know you would see from a Zen now, mm-hmm. but um just just from the from the Zen bracelet to to uh, a display back on 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 a uh, I don't know I don't know if this is considered even a dive it's not a dive watch they, um, they just they have like a very unique aesthetic and uh, design language to them that is just so very Zen and right. um, and they just it's hard to describe and like they I know like like the one thing that I think is really interesting with Zen is like they make watches with that have a a primary focus on functionality and sort of their design language and everything kind of radiates out from the, the, the primary focus of functionality. And, um, I guess like, you know, with a watch like that, like it almost looks like maybe something like an officer would wear in like the military or something like that. Like it's certain, it's a tough watch that you can do anything with, but it still has that more formal, that more formal kind of, um, intent behind it mm-hmm. um, but they're also like been very big on like innovation and technology and then they integrate it into their watches and they do it in sort of a very subtle way like i'm sure that watch is probably like super just as tough as pelagos or the vero or and i'm sure it could take whatever beating you you put it through despite not really being designed with that in mind but right. it's just but it's just like they just they just put a lot of work and, and technology into their watches speaking of uh tegmenting i looked it up they started doing it in 2003 Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they've been at it a while, but it wasn't around that during happened, the nineties yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Yeah. And, and yeah. so what, what made you want to pick that piece up other than just kind of general curiosity or interest? You know, yeah, that's what it was. Um, you know, I, I've been, I've always wanted to add a Zen to mm-hmm. the collection and, um, you know, I think it was just everything about it was just kind of, um, had its like quirkiness to it. Uh, the, the fact that it's, it's made of titanium, it's got a display back, um, you know, even just the, the numerals itself have just kind of, uh, uh, they kind of like patinaed pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, and again, it was just another, uh, 36 millimeter, uh, tool watch that I can kind of just like add, uh, to, to the collection. So very cool. I was was pretty pumped. I was pretty pumped to kind of add that, add that Mm -hmm. little guy there. Uh, yeah, and then just moving moving along here. Uh, again, just continue. Uh, there, there was there's a theme here, man. Uh, and again, I'm not strictly. Uh, um, uh, I I don't strictly just wear 36 millimeter watches. Uh, you know, obviously because I have the Vero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, I I but sticking with the theme here, uh, I have um, the uh, the CWC uh, G10 mm-hmm. uh, uh, quartz. Nice. Yeah, and uh, this one's special as well, just because uh. Um, these were issued, um, I believe, uh, in the eighties to the, to the two thousands. And, um, and I, I've always wanted to, uh, get one, uh, 
in my birth year that was issued on my birth year. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason, 1988 was kind of uh, a year where uh, um, these were, these weren't made a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, it was just a lot of like uh, being patient for this one. And uh, one finally turned up and uh, I I had a, I had to pounce on it. So nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah. And the last one, this one's just uh, uh, the, the recent addition to the collection. It's uh, the uh, 14270 uh, Explorer. Uh, yeah. When'd yeah, you get, man. when'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I actually got it on, it was for my birthday, man. Nice, um, so yeah, yeah, man. So uh, this one, uh, and then this one, this one's special, man, just because I've just been eyeing uh, um, the uh, 36, uh, the, the Rolex Explorer, the 14270. Um, you know, this, it, it's a, it's, it's a special watch through and through, man. Um, and again, this is my, my first, uh, first Rolex and, um, you know, like all, all the things you hear about, like, you know, like, oh, um, you know, like this, that, and a third about Rolex, but you know, you really, you really kind of do, uh, you really kind of, uh, get to see how special it is, uh, once you do have one in hand and, you know, you have it and yeah, it's a special piece, man. Very cool. Can you, um, like, are you planning on doing any sort of, any sort of like mountaineering with that on? I mean, it seems oh, for appropriate. Sure. For sure. For sure. I've, um, you know, I'm hoping at one point uh, after this whole, uh, project Whitney, uh, is over, um, I'm hoping to kind of, uh, plan some trips, um, uh, that, that involve bringing that, uh, bringing that watch onto, onto a peak. So that's awesome. dude. Hopefully and in the near future, man. <laughs> so what can, uh, people look forward to seeing from you and hearing from you in the coming weeks, months, and years? What's, what's the big plan for you in the long run? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I guess, I guess just my goal here is to just, um, you know, it's just to kind of, you know, to, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's really impact, but you know, I, I guess, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, just about just being creative and, uh, creativity and, and just being part of, um, uh, the community is just big for me. So in any capacity I can do that, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll just be, I'll, I'll be excited either way to, um, uh, to, to kind of just, to kind of just do that. Um, you know, whether it's through, uh, my writing, uh, you know, uh, the photography, um, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping to kind of just expand, expand my, uh, my role, uh, and then just kind of, uh, um, kind of grow, uh, as a writer and grow within worn and wound, uh, you know, and I, I think that's just also just a special, a special place to, you know, and a special company to work for. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for, for all the uh, projects that are going to be thrown, <laughs> thrown my way. <laughs> That's exciting, man. And we're all yeah. pumped for you, dude. I'm really excited yeah. to see kind of where things come along for you. And I'm really, yeah. I'm really happy to support you and, and uh, kind of see where this goes. And, and I'm, it sounds like you're off to an amazing start with uh, your career in the watch industry now. And now, um, you know, your, your plan hike, your, your, your plan climb and all that, like you have so much cool stuff going on. So it's going to be really cool to follow along and for people to follow along and to support you for sure. Really quickly moment for, uh, some specific self-promotion for yourself. Where can people engage with your content, get in touch with yourself? How can they support you once again, just to kind of, uh, make sure we get all the landing spots kind of, uh, out there for people to, to get in touch with yourself. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Mr. Thomas Carlo, uh, mm. and that's Mr. Uh, Thomas Carlo. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, as far as uh, Project Whitney, um, you know the uh, the link for uh, to donate to the project is uh, in my bio on Instagram mm-hmm. page. Um, yeah, and then also stay tuned. You know, um, you know, like I said, there's a couple of assignments in the works for Warren and Wow, so just uh, tune in. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to kind of share um, uh, the projects I'm working on and uh, the future projects uh, that I haven't even thought of yet. <laughs> awesome, man! Really yeah, excited. Definitely, sure. everybody listening and watching, definitely head over to those landing spots. Show your support, uh, your likes, your comments, your your feedback. Make sure you give it to them and, and do whatever you can to uh, to help support these important projects and uh, our good friend TC here. Likewise, for myself, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, uh, you could definitely shoot me an email at uh, Rico's Watches Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can head over to Instagram at Rico's Watches Podcast and shoot me a DM. I usually try and get back as quick as I possibly can to people. And uh, likewise, if you're in listening to this in the audio medium and would like to enjoy it in the video medium as well to see both myself and the handsome Mr. Thomas Carlo himself, uh, please do also uh, send over, uh, head over to uh, the Rico's Watchers podcast uh, YouTube channel and uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, show your love there as well. Thanks again so much, TC. It was awesome chatting with you and uh, getting you on the show to, to talk about all the important, significant, and really interesting things that you have going on. And I really look forward to hopefully chatting with you again after your climb uh, sure. to kind of hear how it went and kind of get the update on that as well. So uh, with that being said, thanks so much. And we'll be signing off. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it, man.